Aaron taught me how to uh, preach from an iPad. <laughs> but, but I still bring my notes just in case because I don't quite trust myself. But this is awesome being here today. I know only God is awesome, I know. But uh, really, this is so cool to be here with you to, to celebrate Grace Church's 75th anniversary. Um, and I, Aaron referenced the podcast that uh, we did with some of the other pastors, uh, um, Aaron and uh, former pastors Bob Bakke, Rob Miner, and myself. And um, hopefully you get a chance to listen to that because I thought it was interesting to hear our different perspectives on our experience experiences here. But two things that stood out that I, I recall from that conversation that we all had in common, three former pastors as well as Aaron, and one was that we all have four children. In other words, we we're all personally committed to church growth. <laughs> we figure we're going to make this church grow if we got to do it ourselves. <laughs> And biological growth is a legitimate form of church growth, by the way. But a second thing was the recognition and I think appreciation of Grace Church's commitment to the authority of the Word of God. Uh, from its inception uh, in 1946 with uh, the founding pastor, Larry McGill, to then David Marshall, who was the longest-serving pastor here, I believe somewhere 36, 37 years that he was here, to Bob Bakke, to um, uh, Rob Miner, and myself. We all just appreciated um, the commitment to the Word of God, which continues today through uh, Aaron and Joe. How do I know? Because I listen to their sermons online. In fact, you guys have really been helping me because um, I, I, I just, uh, you really cut down on my sermon prep time because I, I just listened to, the, to their sermons and I preached that at my church next Sunday. And I'm really looking forward to the series on the book of Ezra, uh, which I guess you guys are starting next week. I'll be starting that in two weeks. <laughs> So, uh, you know, the Bible has always been, and I trust always will be, a high value for Grace Church. In fact, arguably, the Bible should be the highest value of any evangelical church. Now, some might say, no, 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 Christ should be our highest value. We need to be a Christ-centered church. Or someone else might say, no, 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 worship has, has to be our highest value to, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Someone else might say, no, evangelism. We need to reach the lost and make disciples of all nations. But the fact is, if it wasn't for the Word of God, we wouldn't know about any of those things. Now, again, we don't worship the Word of God. We worship the God of the Word. 
But without the Word of God, how would we know the God of the Word? So uh, what I want to do today is just challenge you as Grace Church to continue to be devoted to the Word of God. And let me pray before, we, before I, I continue. Lord God, thank you for this chance to gather, to worship you, to exalt the name of Christ. Thank you for your presence here with us, Lord. We don't have to ask you to be here because we know you are here. But what we do ask is that you would make your presence known to us, that we would feel your presence, that we would be touched by you, that wherever we are in our spiritual journey, maybe some here who haven't started the journey yet, Others maybe have been on for most of their lives. Wherever we are, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today and help us take that next step in growing closer to be more like Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So I want to talk about being devoted to the Word of God. What does it mean for a church to be devoted to the Word of God? You know, the Acts chapter 2 Verse 42 says, uh, referring to the early church, says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What did the apostles teach? They taught what Jesus taught. What did Jesus teach? Jesus taught the Word of God. In fact, Jesus was the Word of God. The Word become flesh. And uh, so the, the early church was devoted to the Word of God. In fact, that word that's translated devote there, devoted, the, the uh, English Standard Version says they devoted themselves. It means to continue to do something with intense effort. Uh, different translations. The King James says they continued steadfastly. The New American Standard says they were continually devoting themselves. The Bible in basic English says, and they kept their attention fixed. The Amplified Bible, uh, I like it, says they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the apostles' teaching. See, these early believers were serious about their commitment to the Word of God. Uh, They weren't kind of half-hearted, casual, when-it's-convenient type of uh, Christians. They were all in, and they were devoted to the Word of God. So what I want to do is just a- answer the question, what does a church that is devoted to the Word of God do? What's it like, a church that's really devoted to the Word of God? And uh, I want to give you three things. By the way, Aaron didn't come up with this outline. I did. He, 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 this was on my own. But the first thing, a church that is devoted to the Word of God, is it preaches the Word of God. It proclaims the Word of God. It preaches the Word of God. You know, Paul writes to Timothy, as you know, a young pastor. He says, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture to preaching and to teaching. A church that's devoted to the Word of God um, 
must preach the Word of God. All the preaching and teaching has to be grounded in the, in the Word of God. You know, human words that are spoken or written by highly educated teachers and preachers are helpful, but it's the Word of God that has power. Some of you are familiar with the verse... Uh, Hebrews uh, 4.12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword. Remember that? Well, listen to the Living Bible translation of that verse, Hebrews 4.12. For whatever God says to us is full of living power. It is sharper than the sharpest dagger, cutting swift and deep into our innermost thoughts and desires with all their parts, exposing us for what we really are. The Word of God is powerful. You know, I, I think churches that preach the Word of God, preach the Bible, should probably post a warning. Like, you know, AJ, maybe you should put like a warning up on the screen when people come in. It, it says something like this. Warning. What you're about to hear, the Word of God, has the power to cut you so deeply that it could hurt. But God's desire is not to hurt you, but to heal you and change your life forever. See, that, that's powerful. The word of God is powerful. So, and that's why a church that's devoted has to, has to proclaim, to preach the word of God. You know, sometimes I think we forget what we mean when we say, yeah, the Bible is the word of God. We, we, we use that. If, you know, if you've grown up in the church, that's, those are synonymous and and, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we give that expression, the Word of God, the weight that we really should. For example, say Aaron gets up and he says, hey, next Sunday we have another guest speaker. God is going to be here. God's speaking next Sunday. People would go, oh, man, I'm not going to miss that. I'm going to be there. But the fact is, isn't that exactly what happens every Sunday when the Word of God is read? That God is speaking. And I think we forget that. We say, hey, oh, you know, that's right. Yeah, this is God. And, and uh, uh, a, devoted, a church devoted to the Word of God preached the Word of God. So I just want to challenge Aaron and Joe to, to keep preaching the Word of God uh, and allow it to transform you as well. In fact, when I was in seminary, I heard somebody describe um, teaching and preaching this way. They said, uh, view yourself uh, um, like a, when, when you teach or preach, see yourself not as a pipe, but as a root. And they say, see, a pipe can get water from the source to the destination, but it's unaffected. Whereas a root will get that water from the source to the rest of the plant. But while it does, it grows itself. It gets bigger. It grows. It matures. So that's what uh, I challenge Joe and Aaron to do, to keep preaching and allowing the Word of God to transform your life. Well, second, another way a church, a church something else a church does that's devoted to the Word of God it probes the Word of God. Preaches the Word of God, but it probes the Word. They say, what, what, what do you mean by that? 
Well, you know what probe means? It means to examine. It means to investigate. It means to search. It means to look into. And a church that's devoted to the Word of God has people who are regularly engaged with the Word of God. That they not only hear the Word of God, but they read the Bible consistently on their own. And, you know, if, if Grace Church could be a church devoted to the Word of God, it, it can't just preach the Word of God. Its people need to probe, need to look at, investigate, examine, study, get to know uh, the Word of God uh, on your own. You know, over the years, I've heard people who have left one church to go to another and um, when I ask them, you know, wh- why did you leave? Uh, an answer I'll sometimes get is, well, I just wasn't being fed. I wasn't being fed at that church. Now, I, I acknowledge that there are times when that's a legitimate reason to leave a church. But you know what? Sometimes I'm tempted, my old nature, I'm tempted to say to people who tell me that, said, hey, you know something? Babies need to be fed. Adults can feed themselves. And I hope you are feeding yourself on the word of God. If the only time you hear the word of God or engage with the word of God is when you come to church, you're not a healthy Christian. I I don't see how you could be. Uh, You need more than one meal a week if you're going to be healthy. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I had three older brothers. There were four of us. And um, no sisters, just like our family, our our four boys. And uh, in our home, the big meal of the week was Sunday dinner, Sunday after church. Do some of you relate to that? You know, remember, you know, that was the meal, Sunday dinner. And my brothers and I, we liked to eat. And we were a meat and potatoes family. You know, I never even heard of cauliflower until I went to, until I went to college, I think. Asparagus, what's that? Meat and potatoes. And my mother literally used to make five pounds of potatoes when, we, when she would cook our Sunday dinner. So we ate plenty. Every Sunday, my mother would bake a cake. And around 3 or 3.30 in the afternoon, whatever we would do, watching TV or out playing, we would come in and we'd have cake. We just ate a big dinner. Three, three o'clock. We, and you know what? We did two hours later. We had supper. <laughs> and you're not going to believe what we did the next morning. We had breakfast. And we had lunch. And we had dinner, supper again. See, we ate every day. If you want to be a healthy Christian, you need to eat if not every day, as often as you possibly can. The Word of God. You need to to feast on the Word of God. In fact, Peter writes, 
Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. You want to grow up? You know, you're, when you, one of the terms the Bible uses to describe someone when they become a Christian is that they're born again. You know, you know it, it's interesting when I, sometimes when you use that term among people who, you know, they say, wow, I'm a Christian, but I'm not one of those born-agains. And I think, you know something? Um, there's no such thing as a non-born-again Christian. If you are a Christian, you are born again, whether you like it or not. You see, you've been born physically, you've been born once. When you put your faith in Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're born spiritually. You've had a physical birth, now you've had a spiritual birth. And if you have not had a spiritual birth, you're not a Christian. Good news for you. And and so you're born again. But one of the implications of being born again is that you're going to grow up. You know, it's so sad in 40 plus years of ministry. Sometimes I'll come across people who have been Christians for decades and they're still babies. So sad. We need to grow up and one of the ways that one of the things we need to do if we're going to grow up is be in the Word of God. You are not going to do well spiritually on one meal a week and I don't care who is serving that meal. It might be Tim Keller. It might be John Piper. It might be John MacArthur. It could be Charles Stanley. It could be Max Lucado, um, Matt Chandler. It could, it, could, it could be Aaron Syverton, Joe Yu. They checked my manuscript and they, of uh, the sermon, they added those names to, uh, when, I, when they said, but that's, that's all right. Um, or whoever your favorite preacher is, if that's the only meal of the week for use in the Word of God, you're in trouble. You need to be devoted to the Word of God, man. You need to be in the Word of God to get that spiritual nourishment. Not only does it provide spiritual nourishment, but it also, regularly being in the Word of God, provides spiritual discernment. Discernment. You know, there's so many sources of teaching available to people today, you know, with online, internet. I mean, you can, you can listen to any preacher or teacher that you want around the world. But, you know, there's a lot of things being taught and, and preached that, man, is out to lunch. And how do you know if it's out to lunch? The only way you'll know is if you are in the Word of God to evaluate. You know, I know Joe and, and Aaron have been preaching from Acts 17, and uh, Paul at his uh, ministry in Athens. And uh, before he gets to the, uh, Athens, and earlier in chapter 17, before he arrives there, he spends a short time in the city of Berea, where Luke, the author of the, of the book of Acts, makes an interesting observation about the Bereans. Some of you know this. When they heard Paul preach in the synagogue, here's what they did, Acts 17, 11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. 
They heard Paul preach, and they said, hey, man, we got to check this out. It, yeah, that's, that's what it says. And that's what you need to do. I mean, again, you, ha- you can have confidence that your pastors are preaching the word of God, but you, you don't take, take it as truth because they said it. You take it as truth because it squares with this. And the only way you'll know that is if you know this, you know the word of God. So you need to probe the word of God on your own. And then the third way in which a a mark of a church that's devoted to the word of God is that it practices the word of God. In other words, the people do what it says. No matter how much the word is preached, no matter how much you probe God's word, if you don't do what it says, what's the point? What's the point? In fact, the Apostle James says that if we hear the word of God and we don't do it, he says we're self-deceived. We're deceiving ourselves. Listen to these words from James 1, 22 to 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. You know, I think it'd be a pretty safe bet to say that everyone in this room, before you came to church today, looked in the mirror. Well, maybe not all of you. Uh, <laughs> you probably should have, but... Uh, um, and I think it's pretty safe to say, too, that when you looked in that mirror initially, you made some adjustments before you came here. See, and that's what James, James is saying. Listen, if to read the Word of God, it's like... It's like, and not do it, it's like you're looking in the mirror and you kind of look at yourself, oh man, what a mess. Oh, I can't believe, what's all that gunk, uh, you know, in my eyes. And, uh, and it's like, oh, and then off to church. Um, you see, the word of God, when we read the word of God, we need to do what it says. You know, it's interesting that James doesn't say, he doesn't say, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues, continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but remembering it. He doesn't say that. He doesn't use remember as the opposite of forget. You know what he does? He says, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. See, the opposite of forgetting is not remembering. I mean, I don't care how many verses you can quote. Uh, it's doing it. And uh, that's what a, a church that is devoted to the Word of God is one that uh, practices what it says. There's a quote I've used over the years many times. Some of you may remember it. I use it here many times, and I continue to use it. And here's what it says. Most Christians are educated far beyond their obedience. Most Christians are educated far beyond their obedience. If we did half of what we know, 
we'd be twice as godly as we are. In fact, if we did a fraction of what we know, we'd probably be. You see, we, we, we need to do this, uh, uh, practice the word of God. You know, some people think Nike uh, is responsible for the slogan, just do it. But I would argue that God is responsible for that. And when he gave us his word, he said, guess what? He said, just do it. Just do it. And that's what a, a church that's devoted to the word of God is. People do it. That's what they do. They do what it says. So, Grace Church, I pray that you continue to preach the word of God and continue to probe the word of God, to practice the word of God. Because if you do, you'll continue to make disciples of all nations for the next 75 years or until the Lord returns. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Oh, the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, for the many people in this room today whose lives have been transformed by your word, that your spirit speaking and you working through your word, Lord, our lives have been changed. And Lord, I pray that each of us individually would be devoted to your word. And then as a church, we would continue that wholehearted devotion to your word and watch you use this church for many, many more generations to come. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.